right, sorry about that for all our live listeners. Technical issues sometimes abound. You're tuned into Cigar Chat, broadcast live around the world, picked up on the Armed Forces Radio Network. I'm your host, John the Cigar Surgeon, joined as always by my co-host, Logan and Trippy Trent. Logan, what's going on, brother? Founder, you mean, I think is what you meant to say. I do mean right that. There. Founder you know and creator. Yeah, you know what's the most amazing thing to me? My daughter's two and a half and we're we're over the, the potty training hump and, but you would think, I mean, I don't know, just logically, if you would think it would be easier to train someone not to crap on themselves than not to pee on themselves. Right. Cause Sorry. pee, it's like down your leg, you know, it's see, gone. See, we're whatever. off to a high water mark right off the gate here, but no, but, like, carry, carry on. but for real, okay. she, we pee in the potty, no accidents, been awesome. Holding it almost all overnight, but will not poop in the potty. Interesting. I mean, dude, she is just tearing up these Mickey Mouse panties. I mean, she is just wrecking them. <laughs> like, and it's vile, and it, she won't stop. And I don't know. It just, that's a perplexing question that I'm going to ask God one day, is why do kids continue to poop on themselves after their potty train? That is, that is a good like question. Uh, Trippy, how, uh, how are you doing tonight, brother? Uh, I'm pretty good. Doing a little better than Logan. My, my daughter's the same age, and she's not ready to potty train. Um, but I'm, I may be a little flush today cause I've been moving the 11,000 pounds of pebbles that are sitting in my, uh, driveway right now. Copy we're about, about the happy news. A 30th of the way done. Oh yeah. Logan's excited cause we're getting the same kind of dog as him. Well, kind of, kind of, kind of. Yes. It's a slight variation, but it's a, what is it? A labradoodle? Mine's an Australian labradoodle. You're getting just a labradoodle. All right. So I'm getting a labradoodle. To be to be fair, awesome, Logan's Labradoodle is is pretty awesome. It is. He's, he's pretty spoiled too. Pretty yeah. awesome. But uh, we're not really here to talk about Labradoodles or anything of the like. We're really here to talk to our special guest tonight, Phil Zangi of Debonair Cigars and Indian Motorcycle Cigars. Phil, thanks for joining Cigar Chat. It's been a it's been a Good hot evening. minute. Good evening, world. Yeah. Hi, guys. I know it's been a, it's been a while. We were talking about that earlier. About I think it's like eighteen months. Yeah. Crazy. Dang. That's too long. Way too long. It goes by fast, man. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I got a three-year-old girl too, and she, yeah, she, she's, um, she's pretty much figured it out both sides of the fence, you know. I'm hoping, she just, man. She just screams, "Bathroom just, now!" Like kind of oh, like you know, from the wedding crashes, yeah, that kind of thing. It's like bathroom, <laughs> hurry, hurry. Yeah, like you're like, <laughs> yeah, that's when you're. I'm like in my special invented bean bag that I'm at the angle that you cannot get up, you know. <laughs> and I gotta like do some weird roll move. You know, and it, yeah, exactly. When I'm just comfortable. I just lit a cigar. I thought she's asleep, and then there's like this insane screaming match. Got to practice it's, those uh, judo moves. You know, roll out I, of it, little jits action. Absolutely. I just explain. I explain re- rearing kids is it's um it's a beautiful confusion. <laughs> yeah, and that's about the back of the thing. So, Phil, let's get into it because um you know we haven't we haven't I mean we caught up with you a little bit at the IPCPR in Las Vegas. But absolutely, that was a that was a big show for you. There was a lot of changes going on, um, you know. So maybe let's talk about some of those changes. The first one, of course, is uh, you're being distributed by Drew Estate now. Yeah, it's um, it's a awesome. I can't. It's it's just a blessed thing. Um, Jonathan, Drew, and I go back to the beginnings of my career, his career. We were we're best friends still to this day, and joining with that, it's um, like you know, getting scouted and then you know, brought up to the majors like instantly. And this is my, I'm in the f- four and a half years being having debonair house, which now is debonair cigars. And then it's uh, Indian motorcycle cigars. So 
um, getting with them, it's it's like really tripled stores, and I actually have an infrastructure that's amazing. Uh, I got I work with the, the best sales force in the mar in the business, and I'm not just saying that because I work with them; they're amazing. Um, I mean, I get picked up and taken around, and it's it's pretty amazing, you know. It's and uh, I get such love and every the Drew Estate infrastructure, as in the 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 consumers of them, they've taken to my brands and and like considered a Drew brand, you know. And it's just been awesome, man. You know, I can't complain. It's busy, a lot of production, and things went it went like full Mach one instantly, you know. Absolutely. So so. Question, Go ahead, Logan. Question. How much I've always wondered this is because we've spoke, Phil, and I won't share on air, but you you've shared with me pre um, you know, pre-distribution by Drew Estate, how many cigars you're approximately selling. How much percentage increase has happened? Because I've always wanted I've always been curious. Like, do you have a small brand that gets tied in with a big, I mean, I mean Drew Estate, I hate to say it, but a huge conglomerate now. Like you've got this behemoth. And you're riding that wave. Like, are we talking 100% more sales, 200%, 300%, 400%, 5, 6, 7, 8, 10,000? Yeah, it's, it's exponential because, I mean, I have nothing to hide when I mean, I was a one man show. I mean, I right. started off, I mean, the first year was 13,000 cigars. Right. I mean, I sold wow. them all. Then I went to 26. Then it went up to like um, almost 100 and something thousand. And that's because you got to remember, I met you, you, you got to remember, a lot of people, when you see it coming, the whole thing is I made a lot more than I was selling because I have to have when there is a spike like this. Uh -huh. But even with doing that, it's I went in the first three months of being with Drew, I went back ordered. <laughs> wow. So right. wow. Right. So I mean like severely with my girls and stuff. And I've just and I it trickled in and it just was the growing pains. It's a it's been exponential a thousandfold. And not to not to even because when they say you launch something with any brand, uh, any real distributorship, right? Because let's not kid each other. A lot of these, some great brands out there. I, I've been smoking some of the best cigars of my life. Besides the stuff I'm trying to make the best, I'm, that's what I'm shooting for. There's a lot of brands out there that make some great stuff. But if you don't have distribution and you can't get it to the people, man, it's a, it's a, it is truly a game changer. And I know I'm sounding like Mr. Obvious, but yeah. And the love I get from from uh, guys like you in in like you know Cigar Authority and, and Coop and Stogie Geeks and all that and those are the people that really kind of make or break you now in this industry because I can do my groundwork and build a brand by myself but with people that actually dig my products and dig the ideal in the whole gatherings idea and the smoke history campaign Americana with Indian it helps by tenfold. And for people to keep being interested and keep wanting me to come back and talk, I'm humbled by you guys even want me to come back and talk again. You know, I'm just sorry. We haven't had you on in, in as long as we have, it's, it's kind of sad actually. Yeah. I've, just been, I've been busy. You get busy. Uh -huh. I mean, we're I just, doing it now people. That's all that matters. That's yeah. No, you so, guys are great, man. It's so, Logan to answer your question. It's been like full on. That's awesome. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the circus. It's, it's something. Awesome. Yeah. Beautiful. So like, just to put it into context, maybe in my mind, so like, let's like, how many shops would you say pre-distribution roughly you're represented in pre-distribution? I was probably in, I think it was like maybe a hundred, honestly, before that. I mean, there were 77 and then you put the stores that have three stores and stuff. It was right. like a hundred, 125. I, I, you know, 
outlets, places that we're selling in, like yep. a storefront. And I'm, I counted yesterday without really looking at it, like guys that have five stores and some of these people they put me in that I've even gone to, and it's over 600 now, 700. Good wow. Right. So wow. you just put them. Yeah. And that's, it's crazy. That's it's, crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. Territory. It's all areas. Cause I focused on Northeast and Texas. That was it. And last year I did a lot in Florida and just got in all, I, you got some really great stuff in Florida, like Amanda humidor and in the prime and some, the smoke ins and like Vero beach and some great, great people, you know, great salesmen. Um, just good people, man. I, I can't say that it's been uh because it can go both ways. I've known people who got in with big distributors and got lost in the mix. Right. Mm -hmm. But I go out there on the road all the time. I mean, I as much sell Drew Estate products as I do my own. So they in turn help me sell mine more. It's not like the only the Phil Zangi show. I understand. I mean, I understand the pecking order. You know, I'm not. I'm a humble. Not. I'm an egotistical guy. So. I mean, I know I'm in those a lot of these shops I wasn't in because Drew Estate's in them. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just happy for that. And from that, just being part of the team, it just works beautifully, you know? Before we get into some of our audience questions, Phil, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a question, which is really per a personal question for me because I'm up here in Canada and uh, I'm now the general manager for 16 stores up in Canada. Is there any possibility that Debonair is going make it, to make its way up here north, into the Great White North? I'd love it to, man, but you know how your structures are, and I work internationally. <laughs> I'm not hating. It's like my cigar people probably pay for a small home up there. Yeah. Not too far off. A tiny house. I mean, whatever it is, if it's a dollar, it's $10, right? Uh -huh. That's just, I mean, that's the math. That I've met with great guys like you and all this, the Havana House and all the big guys, you yeah. know, and, and we try to make the numbers work, and I'm like, look, man, I don't want you to spend your money and sit on something because it's not famous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm a realist. I mean, I got a following, but am I famous? No. Is it, is, forget me. Is Debonair famous yet? Is it a known brand in the, in the top of, I say, tell, you know, name me five cigars. Debonair don't come up. I'm know that. I mean, I'm working towards that. Well, you go acid, Liga, Monte Cristo, Upman, the, you know, the, the ones that in Canada, you got all the, you got all the Cubans, so you got the Partigas, you got the Cohiba. They're going to name those top five. I mean, yeah. I'm not even in that thought, you know. I'll try. Is that good enough? I'll try. That's, I mean, that's that's all you can ask, right? I've even tried to get up there with machine maids and everything, you know, making like the, um, the, the Colts and working with the people to make stuff like that up in Canada that do real well, you know. Uh -huh. And, uh, yeah, no, it didn't work out. It's a tough slog up here. Logan, before we get into our first uh, break here, do you, have, uh, do you have any? I know you, I know you've been thinking on questions. You you always got well, one in the in the chamber. I've always got questions, man. I don't know if it'll be time before, but I think the best part about Phil and I didn't know this until I don't know it's been a, maybe a year ago. I didn't realize you you speak as you're like this new guy in the cigar industry, <laughs> and you have a very I'm trying to think of the right word colorful, fascinating an interesting past and yeah. have your hands in a lot of other stuff, which I won't say on the air, but some other things that you do that everyone on this, everyone knows everyone Every, on this planet, everyone knows, <laughs> but it's funny. That you, I don't know. I just, it's, I talked to you as a cigar guy, but it just, I don't know. All this stuff behind the curtain is very, very fascinating. Hey man, I'm an open book. I, have I know no you are. I know you are, but it's, it's crazy, man. It just, it's, it's wild. 
I just got blessed to learn um, of the breaks coming up. I'll go over it with you, and I'll, I'll answer any question you want. You know, I got, I got no shame, man. I'm proud of everything. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll take a quick break here. For our, uh, our sponsors, I just want to remind our audience you're tuned in to, now that you can hear us, you're tuned in to ScarJab broadcast live around the world and picked up on the Armed Forces Radio Network. Please stay tuned for a word from one of our great sponsors. Sharing Our Pairings is brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Gurkha Cigars, makers of the world's finest cigars. Try the 93-rated Heritage featuring a Rosado, Ecuador, and Habana wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Pennsylvanian, and Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Gurkha's blending team at American Caribbean Cigars, it is hand-rolled Nicaraguan available in 35-count boxes. Talk to your local B&M about the Heritage today, or talk to them about other fine Gurkha cigars. Whatever your taste preference is, Gurkha has a cigar that's right for you. All right, we're back, and uh, we're, of course, joined by a very special guest, Phil Zangi of Debonair Cigars and Indian Motorcycle Cigars. And uh, we were kind of talking about uh, kind of all the things you got going on. I know, Phil, you know, we could probably fill two hours just talking about boxing, oh, but, easy. you know, we'll, 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 we'll get into that in the After Dark segment, after our Armed Forces Radio Network segment. I want to I keep it on Debonair for a moment. One of the things I think uh, we talked to you at the IPCPR, which I did not know, and I'd, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, is that you have a process for your tobacco that is not used, as I understand, anywhere else in the industry. And maybe you could share that a little bit with our audience, because it's kind of, you know, for tobacco geek out, geeks out there, it's kind of a cool process. I was going to ask about this, and it fascinated me when you told me about Very it. Very cool. Go ahead, Phil. I learned it. I mean, I took it. I mean, no one has an original idea anymore. I mean... You get your idea, you know, the whole, you know, inception thing. You see something and it sparks something in you. Well, like Logan was saying, I mean, my group, we are in machine mates in pipe tobacco. We bought all the old American famous brands up that were going to die. Like, say, we're partners with Topper Cigar, 120 years old. We're partners with um, uh, FX Smith. That's the oldest still continually running cigar factory in McSherrisburg, Pennsylvania. A guy named Craig Smith. Great guy. Family owned. Um, we bought just recently all the national tobacco brands, which, you know, the name Marsh Wheeling, which is like the stogie. It came from there. Um, so we're trying to, we're, we bought all the machinery from them. So we're bringing them down there. We left an, uh, the factory open in Pennsylvania to continually make an American made products, but we brought a majority of the machines here to start producing products, natural, natural with long cut short filler stuff. But we bought a company in 2007, six, seven called, um, House of Windsor, which during the 60s, 70s, and 80s was the powerhouse in America, owned by UST, um, bought by a private individual. They made like Crooks and Wolf Brothers, and but their big thing was pipe tobacco, which was uh, Black Argonacy, um, Country Doctor, Barking Dog. Um, there was a uh, Bourbon Street, some famous, famous in the 70s, like is famous or more famous, some of them than Captain Black, which stayed around, and uh. I learned the process from there, how you, we buy these things called band conditioner. It's like a giant um, steam tunnel, basically. So when you thrash tobacco, because it's called primary, what you do is you put tobacco in about 11% humidity, right? A whole leaf. And what you do is you put it through this band conditioner and it takes about three minutes, four minutes to, to travel down the length of it. And when it's in, in, while it's doing that, it's pushing steam in hot water on that tobacco so it swells it up so when it comes out the other side it's like 23 to 24 you try to get the 25 percent you know humidity content in the leaf so the vein is way heavier than the lamina than the actual leaf 
itself. So when you thrash it and take the vein out in an air system, the heavy particle falls out, which would be the vein. I learned, I took that process and also some other pipe making processes where like Cavendishes and stuff like that with steam and developed the alchemy process that I use on my tobacco. Basically in debonair, what I do is I generate steam from distilled water. Okay, after the final fermentation on the pile, I move it into a room, an area where I introduce steam to it, but it's distilled water steam. So I get it to a certain temperature, then I flush the room with cool air or with you know outside air through filters, and then I do it again and again, and I bring it up and I bring it up. And what happens when distilled water is a neutral, when it evaporates, it pulls off a lot of material. So it'll pull off heavy metal, it'll pull off pesticide residue, fertilizer residue, and what the key thing is to get all that ammonia out of there. But by doing that, what I figured out is that it leaves what we all love so much about cigars is the essential oil. Okay. And tobacco is notoriously low in essential oil. It's only two to three percent. So saying that, when you smoke a debonair, it's super uber clean, but it's got a lot of flavor and it's real deep and rich and fatty because you're smoking oil. And the best thing I tell people to do is when you get about an inch, an inch and a half into it, purge it, blow through it, right? So because it's high in oil content and the oil now has broken down and heated up. So it's loosened itself. And when you blow it towards the ember, now you're going to blow towards the ember towards the actual ignition point and introduce oxygen again, ignite it. And you get this super fly. People say like fruit. I got people tell me it tastes like prime rib, which I think it does. In the Maduro, you get that real beautiful raisiny broadleaf. I don't know. It's just nice, man. And it worked. I, I, lost, I mean, I ruined a bunch of tobacco, but thank God we have machine made <laughs> stuff. Back in. And um, it seems to work. And it seems that this is a weird thing I've seen. If you get on debonair first, you're an Indian fan, yes, but you prefer the debonair. But if you smoke Indians. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Right. If you smoke Indians first and then work your way into debonair, you'll always, you'll go to the Indian, but you'll also like debonair. But a lot of people become only debonair fans. They don't smoke Indian. Because really. When they smoke debonair first. They don't want nothing else. Because, I mean, if I understand correctly, really your position, the way you sort of position those products is the Indian is kind of the medium-bodied cigar and the debonair is really positioned to be the full-bodied cigar, correct? Me, I like, I mean, I'm a weirdo, so I, I don't like using the terms everyone uses, so I say full flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. full flavor, right. Medium flavor, well-balanced. Yeah. And like, I don't do events, I do gatherings. It's a debonair <laughs> ideal society, so, I mean... When I do something with people, it's more of a movement. It's an ideal. It's not a lifestyle. An ideal lives on forever. Where a lifestyle, you can, you know, one week you like mountain climbing. You know, next week you like going, you know, the rock, you know, searching for like crystals. Who knows? People change. I like the weather. But an ideal is something that sticks in your mind and you try to, you know, achieve that. You know what I mean? No, and I I have to say, because obviously I listen to all the other podcasts out there and, um, you know, a lot of them have segments specifically towards the debonair ideal. And I, I do love this idea of, you know, you're not one of these guys who's coming up with this sort of marketing campaign. That's like some sort of marketing campaign to push your cigars. This is something that you live and breathe every day. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for that. That's, that's a really cool concept to bring, you know, a, a, I don't even know what social movement as a part of cigars, really. How to be a gentleman by debonair cigar. And then there's a debonair ideal, right? There's two of them. Mm-hmm. And, it doesn't really talk about cigars at all. It's at all. It's about, Hey, you know, cell phone etiquette. Um, 
on an airplane when you're waiting for your luggage. You know, do you step right up and push people all the way? You wait two inches to the left. <laughs> it's a freaking revolving thing. It's going to go by you, you know? I mean, do you? St- I mean, there's a lot of things like that because, I mean, I became debonair. I'm a trying to achieve the debonair status myself. Every day I want to be a better guy tomorrow than I am today. It's all the power of positive thinking. It's the PMA, the positive mental attitude. It's random acts of kindness. It's... Uh, of being spiritual and whatever you consider that. I'm a Catholic, so I try to be the best Catholic I can be. You can be whatever you want. Um, I just try to be a good guy, you know? I'm flawed like everyone else. You know, I just try to accept and embrace the traits I have and try to bring them to other people and, and primarily be interested in other people more than I am myself, you know? I'm telling you, no matter how big our companies get and the things we do on the backside, like Logan talks about and all that. My partners are the most humble guys you'll ever meet. They're just really good people. And this kind of quasi fame, I'd rather be well-respected, well-renowned, well-liked than famous any day. Right. And that's not my version of things. I mean, that's Dr. Norman Vincent Peale. These are old school, you know, Napoleon Hill, Zig Ziglar, these are just guys that game changers that people have forgot almost. And now we know of, you know, Tony Robbins and, and the secret and uh, Deepak Chopra and those guys, they got that from somewhere else, man. That stuff's from like the thirties from the depression era, you know, when you, when you start, when you start dropping Zig Ziglar, man, you take me back to my sales days of uh, <laughs> sales training. That takes me right back. I'm much older than I look. So that takes me way back. Absolutely. The opportunities to advance. And I love that guy. See, but, there's a, I tell people this, you first start off with Dr. Norman Vincent Peale. That's the power of positive thinking guy, yeah, right? Yeah. He sounds like God talking, right? That's the Marble Collegiate Church in Manhattan. It's a non-denominational. This guy was like on another level, right? Then you go from him, then you go to Napoleon Hill, which is the power of positive thinking guy, right? Yep. Think and go rich, right? That's the other guy. Now, he's Andrew Carnegie's scribe, yep. which was a steel magnate that was kind of a, you know, uh, robber baron, but turned his life around in the end with all that money. And then you go to Zig Ziglar. Cause if you do the opposite, Zig Ziglar will freak you out. Cause he's like a huckster, you know, <laughs> listen, son, I used to get up in the morning at 5 AM and drive. And it's like, what? I don't know. It freaks you out because you're not ready for that. You know, that's awesome. That's awesome. Trippy. We got some uh, audience questions. I'm sure we've got some audience questions. We got some good audience questions. Let's, let's get and one of them is a question that we, we had planned on asking anyway. Um, so Matt, Matt Ross, who is also known as Matty Blaze. I know Phil knows him. He's, he says, am I one of your favorite people and why? <laughs> His legitimate question is when can we buy your rum in the States? The rum thing, that's on the back burner. And yes, you are one of my favorite people and why? Because we look alike. You guys do look it's a true, lot alike. You guys look a lot alike. If that's an answer. Um, the rum, I don't know, guys. It's not. I got so caught up in what I'm doing this way. And n- now with Johnny doing his liquor and stuff, and I'm not going to try to mix things up. And, you know, I mean, we're doing great in Europe. I have, mm-hmm. we, it's, it's a full-time job. I mean, it's doing the dog and pony just like I'm doing now for the rum and all that. I have to do the same thing. And I just don't have the time. I got to see my family, you know, Yeah. it'll, it'll organically grow and we're going to finally find somebody that wants it and get a good distributor and a good importer and all that. But hence, it's not an easy thing. It's harder than tobacco, man. It's way harder. Yeah. I mean, that's it's a, that's a pretty saturated harder. business. 
Yeah, and yeah. it's really expensive to get in. Like, you're not going yeah, to a boutique factory in any of these countries down here and getting, you know, 25,000 cigars made, you know, getting 1,000 boxes made divided by four sizes. That's easily attainable. You're talking, right? And say, a, you know, $2 a piece, that's 50 grand plus a five box. You know, you're looking at maybe with everything in, if you really, you know, you can get into it for $200,000, you can be in business. Bro, forget it. That's the bottles. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the cases. That's the, the the little sleeves that go on the neck and the cork. It's just craziness, you know? <laughs> it, it's it's Then you've got to go to the distributors and they want a million dollars to even talk to you in advertising budget mm-hmm. before they'll even take your stuff and put it on a shelf somewhere, you know? That's crazy. So That's crazy. Jonathan Drew loves to use the term ROI, return on investment, okay? When you return on investment, you got to understand the, by the dynamic and the theory of what you're going to invest to get the return. And it's not just money. It's time. It's thought. It's many, many things. So I'm just making a long story short. I don't see the rum's not coming to the States anytime soon. I'm sorry to say it. Well, we're definitely sorry to hear that. We'll get back into that in just a quick second. We're going to take another break here. I want to remind our audience, for our live listeners, you tuned into Cigar Chat, broadcast live around the world, picked up on the Armed Forces Radio Network, heard, of course, on CigarFederation.com, YouTube, and Facebook Live, which is working great this week. Maybe not last week, but working great this week. And this segment is brought to you by Cigar Oasis, who are the market's leaders and innovators in electronic humidification if you don't have a cigar oasis product are your, are your cigars truly protected you need to set it and forget it today i have a cigar oasis product do you have a cigar oasis product go to cigaroasis.com to find out more logan you got a cigar oasis product i do man i have the the magna, the magna. and Me i too. actually just i dude i just bought i usually use just the bricks you know what i mean the little mm. green bricks but i've been getting some mold so i did the beads beads are first wicked, of all dude, dude you want to keep a two and a half year old occupied for hours, <laughs> like fill those beads up and watch them get big. And then you have to dig them out with the spoon. Cause she's like, daddy, this one's big. And yeah. And they work great, man. So the, yeah, I'm a, I'm a I, I, fan of the beads. I've got the magnet. Mine came with beads. I got, but the, you have to buy second. like, the thing is you have to buy, it's not just one pack of beads. I had to buy yeah. three packs of beads to make it work. That's um, one thing they don't disclose to you. You need a lot Mine, of Mine, They sent me one little tiny bag of beads and it filled up the whole thing. Maybe you have like a, a jumbo bag of beans. I don't know. Magic don't beans. Know, man. Yeah, man. Magic the beads beans. are the beads are where it's at. I've moved all my humidification over to the beads and no mold. Um, they're very nice. easy to spot. You can tell the beads just shrink. You know, to add water. It. I like no brainer. You know, I like to smoke the cigars. I don't like to manage the cigars. You know. Yeah, this is true. It's easy stuff. Trippy, what else we got for uh, audience questions? I know that. Uh, I know we got some good questions. In I there. got a question. Oh, it's not cigar related. But I've been, I found this article on the internet and it's Chuck Klosterman's sex, drug, and cocoa puffs. And it's 23 questions that he asks. And Phil, I want to ask you this question. It should be good. <laughs> You've won a prize. The prize has two options and you can choose either option, but not both. The first option is you win a year. Or the first option is a year in Europe with a monthly stipend of $2,000. The second option is 10 minutes on the moon. Which option do you pick? Oh, the Europe, two grand. Why? You do a lot in Europe with two grand a month. Well, this is true. But what about the being on the moon and being like one of the seven people who've ever stepped on the moon? If we actually ever went there. (laughs) At this this moment in time where there's never been anybody on the moon except astronauts? 
Yeah. I'm going to Europe thing. I, I mean, you could you could advertise as Debonair, the brand owned by the guy who's been on the moon. Yeah, dude. You could put a Debonair the flag civilian. on the moon. Can't smoke cigars on the moon, though. Yeah, there's no That's oxygen. True. I mean, it's I mean, there ain't nothing on the moon. You're gonna sit on the moon and look at the earth? That'd be cool, but no. Dude, it'd be I'd awesome, man. All the sites in Europe that all the ancient cool stuff that's on our planet Earth that I haven't seen yet. And you go to the moon, you're going to get on the moon and stand there for 10 minutes and look around. They're going to bring you back. The, the, the ride up there would probably be better than the ride back, you know? That's probably true. I don't know, you're man. Saying, Leaving the Earth's like, gravity would be Phil. rough. I'm with Phil. I'm going I'm I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Like, I would love to go to space because that's, you know, on the bucket list that will never be fulfilled. But Europe, man, and I agree. Like, I'm a world traveler, much to the chagrin of my fiance. She, she always says, like, you're going everywhere every every other week. It's like, there's a lot of world. I haven't seen hardly any of it. You know, I want to see yeah. it all. All right, let me ask you another question. Kid. Okay, go ahead. This one's even better. This one's more of a thought-provoking question. Um, imagine you could go back to the age of five and relive the rest of your life. Knowing everything that you know now, you will re-experience your entire adolescence uh, with both the cognitive ability of an adult and the emotions or and the memories of everything that you've learned living your life previously, would you lose your virginity earlier or later than you did? And what else would you change? I'd st- the virginity thing, I'd stay where it's at. I'd go buy, you know, founder stock in Google and Yahoo, yeah. Apple, all those things. And and pretty much, I never have. I would never have had to have a partner or any of the stuff I do now. <laughs> the ones I have now are great. I thank God for the guys I work with now. But before I got, it took a lot of digging and dirt to find diamonds. Put it that way. He'd be a ten-year-old in the DR using reverse osmosis uh-huh. that's, that's on tobacco. True. That's true. <laughs> I'd be driving a Pagani around. <laughs> at ten years old. What's up? Yeah, show up. Smoking cigars at 10 years old. You know? I like All it. right, so on to, the, on to the more important questions. from Those the are audience. good freaking questions. Those are good I questions. Got, <laughs> I got 21 more of them right here. Uh, so who is this? Cigar Surgeon, you posted this. Oh, yeah, it's from Harley from, Holmes. That's from Harley Holmes. Uh, he wants to know, are you still involved with Indian Motorcycling or the, the motorcycle company? And how does riding a motorcycle influence your cigars? I like that. Well, I've been around. Yeah, Polaris is my... I'm the oh, master licensee. Yep. One more thing. P.S. He's sad to see Polaris drop victory motorcycles, which I am too. Yeah, I'm sad. They're sad, but people want the Indians so bad. They, and I really think as a, a business decision, they need the, those extra motors. Mm-hmm. And they need that They need that capacity that, that victory was taken away from Indians' growth. And Indians growing insane. And to say this motorcycling and the whole lifestyle of a motorcyclist and an enthusiast, which Indian riders are, um, influenced my cigar smoking. It's influenced my entire life. Since I was 18 years old, I've been around Indian motorcycle. I tried to, I refounded it with my dad, tried to build a bike, lost it, spun off a company called Indian Tobacco that grew leaps and bounds in the 90s. Partnered up, a guy became my partner named Rocky Patel in like 95, 96. We worked together to 2001. Um, and now I have, it's come full circle. Now I'm partners with Polaris, which owns Indian Motorcycle on the aspect where I'm the tobacco division. And they are the best people you can ever imagine to work with. They're 
such good. They're open to any ideas I have. Um, this year is going to be big. The rest of this year, because we're building a whole dealership program <clears throat> for the cigars. They're totally open to it. Um, motorcycling to me in the actual Indian motorcycle itself is it's part of my DNA at this point. I mean, does it influence my life in every aspect? That's the only way I can say it. Yeah. So you does know? that mean maybe I'll be, be able to go down to the, uh, India or the, uh, Polaris dealer down the street and pick up some cigars? If it's an Indian dealer, probably soon. Yeah. That'd be good. That's cool. It all works out that we got, we work with, we have the, I, I, I just hired a brand manager to work inside of Drew Estate. And this that? guy, this guy's right on and he's young. He's a big cigar smoker like us. He's a great guy. Um, that's one of his main things that we, I could, I mean, I just needed someone to help me and he's designing, he's pretty much designed a program to work regionally at the store level, find a retailer that will work with said this, a certain amount of dealers. And they and and it just pretty much service them, <clears throat> so they don't have to get licenses and all the stuff that entails that. <clears throat> and yeah, I could say in the next twenty four months, eighteen months, we'll see a lot of Indian motorcycle cigars in many Indian motorcycle dealerships. Awesome, that's so, fascinating. Who else can I have a target market? I have a captive <laughs> audience, right? True. Yeah, and yeah, this is true. Why wouldn't I do that? And they're open for it. It'd be different if they said, you know, we just want you to pay our, our royalties and. And do that. No, they're so good to me, man. I, I love those people there. The people up there, they're just, I can't, I can't say thank you enough to them if they're listening. And, and thank you to all the riders out there that are totally into what we're doing. And it's just great, man. You know, if you pray long enough, God tends up talking back eventually. It's true. So let me, let me ask you building on that, Phil, because you've, you've got sort of two distinct, distinct brands and really two distinct brands with their own philosophy with a lot of background of both so for you is it is it more fun more interesting for a customer to sort of take that journey through indian motorcycles first and then discover debonair or is it more fun to discover debonair and then and then the whole the whole gamut of indian motorcycles it's that's a i mean they're both equally beautiful you know in their experience because i mean the whole thing that the debonair and indian way is it's evangelical sales. So I like the one-on-one, you know, so, but when you see someone smoke a debonair and then they, they're talking to you and they're listening to me, first they believe me, then they think I'm full of it. Then I, then I belittle myself and I'm like the Guinea Forest Gump, you know, I'm always there <laughs> next to everything all these years. And then they really get it. And then they're looking at the cigar and then they're looking at me and they're looking at the cigar and I'm like, it's good. Huh? They're like, man, this is something special, you know? And that's the debonair experience. The Indian experience is they come in, oh, what's that Indian motorcycle? Was it a gimmick? I'm like, no, but you tell me, buddy. What's well, beautiful, the package is great. It looks that's the real logo. I'm like, yeah, it's not. And you look at it, it's real. I did my I did really worked hard on it to make it an authentically branded product, you know, not just a thrown on thing. And then when they smoke it and they look at me, this, hey man, this isn't a gimmick. This is a really good cigar. That's the Indian experience, you know, and you get the new riders, a, a guy that is on the weekend with his buddies going on a ride. They stop at a cigar shop. They buy some cigars. They don't smoke much. That's why I blended it more medium. So anyone can enjoy it. It's like the, the Maduro's got that sweetness. The, you know, the Havano's got the savory. Um, they sit down around a campfire or outside of a hotel, wherever they're at, smoke a cigar with their buddies. They turn a guy, hey, I'll take one, and they like it, and then they enjoy it. Now that now I just got a whole new 
facet of, you know, a fan club or, you know, consumers, whatever you want to call them. Is that, I mean, Question. that's such a, yeah, go ahead. Question. So I don't know, Jack, nothing about motorcycles. Like you're talking hogs and wheelies and big old handlebars. I don't know nothing. But here's my question is that I know Harley and I've heard of Indian motorcycle. Yeah. I associate Harleys with like bikers and the Hells Angels and like nefarious characters. Indian, I don't really have a, an opinion either way. I think other than they're old and they're classic and they had them in like World War II or whatever. Um, is that stereotype correct? Or what is the, the stereotype or the generic customer for each one of those? I mean, this, uh, I'll speak on Indian. Um, okay. Indian started in 1901. The other company started in 1903. From 1901 to 1953, Indian Motorcycle made 6 million motorcycles. The world's largest, the best there was. You're talking from Vincent LaGuardia rode one around, Clark Gable, Roy Rogers. Um, it was versed as the enthusiast, the motorcyclist bike, right? And one, I don't know how many Daytonas, how many races. It started off with two Swedes that were bicycle manufacturers. It's a whole Americana. If you look in the top 100 trophy trademarks in, a, in the world, it's one of them. Really? The Indian, that eye, that Indian motorcycle, the headdress, the little bit, the little head on the fender with the light in it. It's, um, they're not, they don't consider themselves bikers, put it that way. Okay. Indian, they're riders, they're enthusiasts, they're motorcyclists. That's what was always the thing. It was the brown leather jackets and the guys would wear a nice, they would have like riding clothes, you know, like an outfit. Got it. Scarves. Scarves, goggles, nice yep. hat, you know, beep, you know, just rolling around like, you know, with a tweed jacket on with, with, you know, patches. <laughs> Got <laughs> it. it. Just, okay. It was a fun, it was a real, like, um, kind of an adventure, you know, look at, you look at the guys in the old days. I'm not making this up. I mean, if you look at who were riding these bikes. They were like real into like performance, you know. They were they were like the performance guys, you know. And they because the racing was so versed that you could get a bike that was close to the race bike, and and these guys would you know tool around on these bikes, and it was like a it was the Cadillac man, it was the Lincoln back then, you know. It was the real Rolls Royce of bikes. Yeah, Cadillac is the right word for it. It's the Cadillac of motorcycle. Okay. Yeah, premier premier brand. It's premium, buddy. Ultra premium. <laughs> and, and and I mean, to Phil's point, um, I think around the world, it's recognized as, I mean, it's instantly recognizable in any country in the world. You show them the logo, even in countries that, you know, have never seen an Indian motorcycle, they recognize the logo because it's got that brand presence worldwide. It's crazy. In Canada, it's huge. Huge. Huge in Canada. Huge. Always has been. Huge. 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 <laughs> huge. What else? Huge. Is that a good enough answer? Yeah, yeah that's a good answer. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. You're the expert, man. I've never ridden anything with two wheels other than a Huffy in my life, so I don't have no clue, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't ride anymore. I'm going to start again because the kids and everything. My wife and I made a deal years back because I got hit on a bike in Honduras when I was living there. Oh, crazy. By a chicken truck, like a chicken, like a frozen chicken truck, oh. and it was uncool. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Pun intended. Yeah. It was uncool. <laughs> And um, how the heck did you get hit by a chicken truck? I mean, I know I the drivers like, are bananas, but like, look, no booze, like no nothing everywhere and stuff, or what? No, no, it was, it was, it was a big like freezer truck, and I was, was like driving a, to the, like a Tyson Don chicken Lee. truck. Yeah, yeah. Don Lee to the factory in San Marcos. It's right there, and it's midday. 
driving along. I see this truck on the side of the road with this inner, you know, with this, it's a flashers on with the hazard lights. I, I want, I bow out a little bit to the left to give some space. And then I hear the turbo on it kick in and he just whips around U-turns in the, on the street. There's no car on the road. It's just me and him. So I just like gun it, shoot the bike at him and like lay down and thank God I always wear a helmet, always have. And I slid, and then I and there was a telephone pole, but God was with me that day because it was a big berm of sand. They were mixing concrete. So I just boom right into the burn of sand, you know? Oh. Got oh. up, took the helmet off, the whole side was scratched. And what totally saved me is I had like a I had a my backpack and I had a pistol in the back because I had it made. Like the you could I could grab it with my right hand if I had to. Right. It was like a sleeve. I slid along <laughs> So when I took the pistol out, when I finally got home, the whole side where the slide release is was filed down. It was a blacked out gun. It was a Jericho, all blacked out like Cerakote. It was like I polished it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So imagine the guy must have thought seeing me skidding across the ground with sparks flying out of my back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would have been. And I got up and they're all freaked out. I take my helmet up. I throw it at the truck and start speaking in like Italian, Spanish, English. <laughs> Who knows what I'm saying? And. Pretty much the bike was gone, and then I just went and bought a truck, you know? <laughs> Copy that. All right, just want to remind our audience, you are tuned in to Cigar Chat, broadcast around the world, Horn of the Armed Forces Radio Network. We're here with our special guest, Phil Zangi, and, of course, our host, Logan, the MFN CEO, and Trippy Trent, our co-host. Logan, this uh, this last segment this last segment is brought to us by who? Uh, I don't know. Oh, Drew, the last Drew State. By... Mm, they good. They good. They good. Back and, to you. And you can uh, just, <clears throat> for people who have the Drew Diplomat app, you can, you, could, um, you, you can, as as I understand it, you can do debonair on the Drew Diplomat app. I and believe you can. can. Maybe, maybe, depending, because Apple over there, a bunch of squirrely efforts that they are. Yeah. SigFed app's no longer on iTunes, and I yeah. have a feeling most of the other ones are already gone. Not that I check every day, but are gone. That just, that really just, Grinds my gears. Yeah, you know what about I mean? that, Phil? <clears throat> no, the apples. App, you you apple tell the story, Logan. You're fired up. You tell it. So basically, one day I don't have an iPhone. Uh, I have an Android, and one day I get three messages from people saying, "Hey, uh, what's up with the SigFed app?" And I'm no app person to begin with, and I'm like, "What do you mean?" They're like, uh, "I can't. I had to do something on my phone or whatever. I tried to reinstall it. It's not in the App Store." I go, "Well, let me make sure I've been paying the bill." Oh, I've been paying the bill. And uh, basically, Apple has crusaded to say they're not, not only do they not support tobacco, but it's anything really age-restricted. I mean, guns, and it's not just like selling cigars, which the SigFed app has a component of that. It's anything, like to the point where even the Dojo app, if you're taking a picture of something, you can't do it. Uh, The official word from them, from what I've heard, is... You can't encourage tobacco use. Right. Which we're what does all that even mean? I, I can't stand Apple, bro. I've never owned an Apple product. I haven't either. I haven't either. Me neither. Now I'm Samsung guy. I was a Sony Ericsson guy, and then I went to Samsung. And Me too. I didn't know you guys have an app. I'm gonna download it. I didn't know you what? had an app. We do, man. It is um it's pretty nifty. I know the guy I'm who designed it. This. I'm gonna download it. Start harassing it, man. Do it, man. Start harassing us. Uh, but yeah, so it just sucks. I'm just, it's really, really got me fired up about it. It's annoying. I don't, I don't, I don't, it doesn't surprise me. That's like, 
I don't know. I'm not going to get into it. I'll sound like a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> we could talk about it. We could talk about it in the after dark. You know? Yeah, it's 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 bogus. That's that's the strongest words I can use in the Armed Forces Radio Network. Bogus, as, yeah. As Gwen Stefani said, it's B A N A N A S. Yeah. Bananas. Trippy, what do we got for uh, audience questions queued up yeah, for Mr. Zangie? Uh, we oh. got some good feedback. We got friend of the show Juan Cancel watching. Hey, uh, Chubby, he, Chubby nuts. He, What's going on, Logan? He wants to know about that Christmas tree behind you. Hey, man, it's uh, you want to give a little plug? It's my, you don't have to. Uh, it's my white supremacist. No, I'm just kidding, <laughs> man. That's a joke. Uh, that's completely a joke. Uh, wrong color. Awkward. It kind of looks like it though. Kind of looks like it though. Um. It's actually where I put Allie when she's being bad and time out. <laughs> I just put the big bag over her head. Uh, no, terrible. I don't do that to my wife either because that'd be terrible. Terrible. Uh, man, don't worry about all that. That Listen, Logan's got much like our our, our, sto- our, our, our revered guest over here, Phil Zang. He's got his hands in a lot of pots. Logan Lawler is also an entrepreneur by spirit. He might have a corporate <laughs> job, but behind the scenes, Logan Lawler is just – just He's making, making Christmas tree bags. Making yeah. Christmas tree bags, roasted coffee, burning down my office, doing whiskey <laughs> barrel age coffees. You don't even know. You don't even know, Juan. You don't even know, bro. Why don't you call me sometime? I'll tell you all about it, sir. Call me. Call me. Call me. Phil, you 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 like coffee, right? You're a big oh, coffee I'm guy. A, I'm a big coffee guy. Yeah. Huge. I would Love take it. bets on Phil probably trying my coffee before surgeon. <laughs> I've tried your coffee. I, I I weaseled some samples down at that Drew State. You did. I That's did. right. Which mm-hmm. one did you try? Uh, I don't remember, man. It was a blur when I came back from. I mean, you go down to Nicaragua. You're smoking cigars. You're drinking rum. I mean, it's a haze. It's like I come back and I have to like, you know, detox for like two weeks afterwards because you know I got rum coming out of my skin. I got, but the coffee was good. It was good. That's that's my endorsement. Lane Coffee. It's good. You roast, it's good. You roast yeah. your own coffee? Yeah, bro. I mean, well, this show is about you. It's not the Logan Lawler show. We'll, Even we'll talk about, we'll about can, in the after We can talk dark. about it in the After Dark segment. Well, I got to go. I got to go. Because oh. um, the wife's on me. I'll tell you briefly, just real quick, is, you know, I've worked at, at Dell for <clears throat> ever since I got out of college for 11 years, but I've always been kind of an entrepreneur. You know, started Cigar Federation, well, took over Cigar Federation, have done that. You know, I don't know your thoughts, but I'm, I think the FDA is going to go sideways um, and it's really going to crush not the media side of Cigar Federation, but the store because it's carrying brands like Debonair that aren't pre-embargoed, things like that. Right. So I was like, you know, what am I going to do as a hedge against it? And I was like, what is the most similar to cigars that same kind of countries, same kind of attitude, kind of like, you know, you know, seed to smoke, you know. Uh, has the ability to be really creative. It's kind of an old industry that I can bring all of my marketing expertise to. And I was like, bro, and it's not going to get tackled by the FDA ever. Coffee. So Smart. January 10th launched Lane Coffee, and it's been growing like a weed. I'll get some. Man, don't ship to the DR, but if you're ever in the U.S., we can make that happen. I'll definitely when I'm there. I'll buy some from you. Done. Done and done. Well, let's get back to our guest here because we do have a bug. Hey, you know what you could do? Hold on. What, what, shameless that. plug. I know Jonathan's got some things in the works. If you could talk to your boy Jonathan and say that Logan Lawler has capabilities in the coffee area, that would be very much appreciated. If you know what I'm saying. Thank you. What cross pollination going on? Hey, man. I got you. Just a man in his roaster. That's it. His like Kenny Rogers. You're like Kenny Rogers of coffee. Kenny Dude, Rogers. I am, man. Applying 700 degrees of heat about burning down my office, smoking mm-hmm. this. 
just beast out, have the neighbors calling the fire marshal. It's awesome. Yeah, I don't know about that, but yeah, good luck. No, that Got that me. happened. That that <laughs> happened. Chaff fires are no joke, brother. Oh, dude, this is why Allie said, "Hey, I don't care what you do, Logan, but you need to have one of those beasts." That's what I. I think that <laughs> was like the, still in the box. I think that was like the second thing I told you is like number one advice and then number two advice because I'm I, I, I this we're way off topic, Phil. I've been roasting coffee. Uh, for a while myself fire extinguisher. dude awesome. i'll yeah, tell you what you wouldn't think you wouldn't think coffee is flammable bro, but the bro. The, the shell it's, it's, it's so much oil in it's it, yeah. it'll and it goes up like that like it goes Boom. from roasting to like serious kitchen fire it's, it gets scary it's Real no fire. joke like it's scary it's scary anyways let's get back to talking about tobacco i could talk coffee all night we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk coffee another we'll talk coffee at the ipcpr trippy what do we got going on for audience questions uh, we have another good audience question that's pretty pertinent to me. Uh, Jason Myers has seen a lot of debonair on the internet, but he's never seen any debonair cigars or anything out here on the West Coast. And he wants to know if you have plans to expand distribution uh, for retail stores out here. I was just in California and Arizona um, like two weeks ago, not even. Yeah, we're, we're get coming out West big time. All right. Okay. I got another trip planned in the the the, uh, the northwest by you in August. So yeah, I'm trying to. Awesome. Logan, you had a question queued up before uh, before our break there. I did. You did. You forgot? Okay. It? okay. No, no. I got I got a good question. I got a good question. Um, what? I mean, uh, it's, I wouldn't say it's a personal question, but you know, Drew Estates went through a lot of changes recently. You know, being sold slash acquired by Swisher, Jonathan coming back, you know, how much does Debonair get caught in that churn or are you kind of in your own Island just doing your own thing and they're selling your cigars or do you get pulled into a lot of that, that churn and a lot of that change? Nah, in the corporate structure. No. I mean, I go to their big sales meetings and I'm, I mean, I'm close to a lot of the main players. So yeah, but when, when it comes to their real, their real structure, no, I have no involvement in that. Um, okay. I don't get left out in the cold, put it that way. They help me. They let me kind of in, evolve inside their system organically because I get along with everyone good. And they kind of, I've kind of been around a while, as you said. So I kind of do my own thing. And they know that I'm not like, I don't have to be, you know, really petted or guided. I'm, you know, right. so they do their thing. The company, Switch International, they're great people too, man. I mean, they're just, they're, it's a real good outfit, um, really professional. And, uh, it's a biz. I mean, they run a they run a business, you know. And they're so busy on their other side. I mean, Drew Estates they run itself. They have a great new. Of course, Jonathan. Thank God he's president again. That's the best news I've heard in a long time, um, to be honest. And uh, the guy, Mr. Glenn, Glenn Wolfson, the guy that's the CEO of it now. He's a real knows what he's doing. Brass tax guy. Um, it's working, man. I mean, it's a big company, <laughs> more than people think. It's huge. Yeah. And, uh, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of moving parts. You know what I mean? And that, that's an answer. No, I don't really, I don't know what, I don't get, they don't pull me in to talk, put it that way. No, it's that they're doing their own. <laughs> they're doing their own thing. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. Trippy, I think we got and one. Have, uh, I, got, I can't, how would I really be involved in that? I'm a, they call us a, a strategic partner. So same as Hoya. Same as those, you got to do your own thing anyway. I manufacture myself. I mean, I do all that myself and, they distribute for me. So it would be up. It's up to me to get in the bloodstream. You know, I can't wait for them to make me in the bloodstream. You know what I mean? You have to kind of work with them. It's just part of the, the deal. 
I think we got time for one more question, Trippy. All right, here's another one from Matty Blaze. Uh, of the predicate releases, what are you getting the best response on, and what are the chances we'll see them uh, in future releases? The Connecticut Shade, huge response to Daybreak. That's definitely coming out um, in Debonair. There was also Connecticut Indian that's going to come out. Um, and you want to hear the weirdest thing of all? Candela. Yes. Uh, wow. Really? Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm just saying it was the weirdest. I did it just to do it. <laughs> right? Yeah, you and had to. And, I, and people, I had a lot of great response, more than I ever thought. I never even smoked them. Put it that way. I just made them. And I got really good Candela and stuff like that, but I don't know. That was the one that was out of left field. The Daybreak's great. That's the Connecticut shade, Ecuadorian shade that I put on a regular debonair. I just use the same everything. Just put a Connecticut on it that we cure different. The Ecuadorian, we do a little more curing, so it's not so bright yellow. It's more of like a golden. It just changes it to be buttery, smooth. I mean, it's, I'm, I was, and I'm not a Connecticut shade guy at all. Never have been. And it just came out amazing. I've given it to a lot of people, and they're like, man, this is, this is going to be your this is going to be your biggest thing ever I think. That's what people say. Ooh, I got to try that Ooh. one. It's just unique. It's very it doesn't it's a very full flavored Connecticut, you know? Nice. Phil, as we uh, come to the end of our Armed Forces Radio Network segment here, maybe give our uh, audience a little plug on where they can find you on social media and where they can find more about Devon Air Cigars. You can find me on Facebook at, at Phil Zangi, and then you can also find it at Devon Air House. Or Indian motorcycle cigars. You can find me at Indian Indian motorcycles, Indian cigars. Phil at, at Instagram, and Debonair Phil at Instagram, and that's the max. I that's pretty much all I do. Or, and also on the Drew Estate Diplomat app, please everyone download that app. It gives you all kinds of great in, uh, different things going on with Drew Estates, new releases. Of course, it feeds um, Debonair and Indian full on uh, all the great products from Drew Estates, and it's just a great app to have. All the events that go on, the bond smokers, the stuff like that, the, the cigar safaris, it's worth it. Nice. Well, this brings us to the end of Armed Forces Radio Network. Stay tuned for all our live listeners. We'll go into our After Dark segment with uh, without Logan. He's just going to leave his camera running, but we'll be we'll be in the After I'll Dark. I'll be here for a minute. Just all for right. a minute. Fantastic. So thanks for all our uh, live listeners. Yeah, thanks for all our Armed Forces Radio Network listeners out there. As we always say, you guys are built to do things that we are not, and you got a doubleheader this week of uh, Cigar Chat. Hope you guys stay safe. Have a fantastic weekend, and we'll catch you next week for another Cigar Chat. Thank you. All right, so this is our uh, After Dark segment. Uh, so we are still live. We are Fuckers! still broadcasting. Uh, now, what, Phil, are <laughs> you? Uh, Phil, are you? Uh, are you a, a football guy? Do you follow uh, football up? American football? Yeah. <clears throat> Somewhat. Yeah. Somewhat. I know. I know a lot about it. Yeah. I I did not realize, and this just goes to show how how much my head's been in tobacco lately. I completely forgot that tonight is the NFL draft. Drive. And Fuck. no idea. Yeah, totally, totally. No. Unbelievable. I mean, I'm just getting, I'm getting messages left, right, and center. By the way, I forgot to mention uh, for our live listeners, make sure to tune in in one hour for the uh, Cigar Coop primetime live show. Uh, Coop is, uh, Coop is on. Check it out on Facebook. Check it out on Cigar Dash Coop. Hey, Good friend of the let show. Let me say something. Roger that. Coop and is a Coop is a great American. We we've got a question from Coop, but I'm going to hold. Uh, Aaron Loomis, on the other hand, I don't know about that Aaron <laughs> Loomis. Let me just say that. You might want to, yeah. You just might want to watch out for that guy. Let me just say that. <laughs> What's the question, Trip? Sidewinder. Well, Andy, we'll wait to get to the question.
question. It's a boxing question. So we'll wait till we get into that. I have a boxing uh, Juan Cancel, he's been chatting it up uh, in our comments on the video. Uh, there was one thing he wanted me to say to you guys, but I can't. Host snap. He wanted to say host snap. Host snap. Host snap. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't even know. Okay. Man. I figured you guys would get it. Call he me. wants to know if there's any way to get. Well, first of all, he wants your coffee, Logan. Anyone's uh, surgeon coffee. Available at lanecoffee.com. We accept all major forms of payment, Juan. Thank you very much. There you go, Juan. Even uh, you can even finance your coffee on my site because that's how nope. much I love you. I mean, is it a con- is it a conflict of interest if I roast up a batch for one and bring it to Vegas and uh, he gets a he gets a batch of uh, Lo- Logan's coffee and a batch of my coffee? I mean, my oh, my coffee's not going to compare because I don't have the. I, I would want to hear his thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, I love he coffee. wants to know if there's any way for Apple users to get the app, and there's just not. Apple no. has has that shit locked down. A- Apple's got it locked down, man. There's no way to get it unless we can figure out a way to get it back on the App Store. No way. Which, uh, which no is terrible. way it's not coming back on because there's been a lot of emails to Apple. I have not been very professional. I'm probably on their blacklist now, and we're never getting back on. That's your your emails just go straight to the spam no, folder. It, it goes straight to the just the asshole file. I've been <laughs> a little rough with them, and yeah, understand. Bill, yeah, we, we were talking before the show, and I, I'm dying to ask this because I know you are a, a, a lifelong, very intelligent and educated boxing guy. Uh, I am I follow boxing. We were we were in Nicaragua, by the way. The three of us were in Nicaragua. We got, to see, as fuck, we got to see the Chocolatito Harry. fight live in Nicaragua, which was a great experience. The only thing that would have been better is being ringside, but it was a great experience sitting in Nicaragua and Esteli watching the fight. Logan was freaking out. Granada. Granada. Yeah. Uh, Granada. Pardon me. At Charlie's. And uh, Logan was freaking was out because Chocolatito, you know, the, you could see the fight kind of wasn't going his way. And Logan was thinking, oh man, like there's going to be rioting in the streets if he loses. Really Logan's funny. never been more invested in a sporting event. Ever in my life. Except when I was in Chicago when the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup, and I oh, that's left serious five, I left five minutes before from yeah. the cigar shop to get back to my hotel, and then I'm glad I did because all fucking pandemonium broke loose, and <laughs> I was just in loose. my dude. I'm talking like cars on fire and shit. Yeah. It was fucking epic, and I'm like, fuck, I'm glad I did that. And I was expecting the same thing, but instead of them having like cars on fire, it'd be like machetes and shit, and they'd come after the American where the fight was, you know. I was scared shitless. I mean, I really was. I was. I don't even care about boxing. No offense. And I was like, Chuck Latino, my boy, get him, get him. Trip was there. Yep. Yeah. It was yeah. Good. You were. You were fired up. I was, man. I we were, we were rooting fun. for him. We were cheering. No, I was it was excited great. about some protocol coffee, Logan. You better get get on that. Well, you know, let me just say, you wouldn't be the first one I'll be doing something with. <laughs> Shameless plug. So, Phil, I have to ask this because uh, as an amateur boxing fan, I've been following MMA since 92, since UFC 2 hit the pay-per-view. So I've been I've been following MMA from the very start, actually pre-UFC, you know, back in the Pride days. So everyone, always right. Exactly. So every, everyone's talking about, um, you know, this big McGregor versus Mayweather. And, and, like, you know, again, I'm an amateur boxing fan, and I'm of the belief that you take an MMA, the best MMA fighter, the very best MMA fighter, and you put him in a boxing ring. And I don't, I don't, Mayweather is one of the best current boxing guys around, period. Like his, 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 you know, his record period. speaks for itself. I like him, but he's the, he's the top, he's tier one. Yeah. Tier one. So you, you take 
Mayweather aside, you take like a tier two, tier three, just an average professional boxer. And I'm of the belief the average professional boxer would mop the floor with the, with the world champion MMA in boxing. Of course, of course it would. It's such different fundamentals. I mean, remember you only have two things to use in boxing, your hands. There's no takedowns, not taking. I love MMA. Don't get me wrong. I love all the fighting arts. Muay Thai, probably of all things. I mean, boxing and Muay Thai are very close yeah. in my love, right? Because you're talking another tier one. You're talking Bakul and those guys from like Thailand. Those guys murder you. Mm-hmm. Dude, you have, they're jumping and kneeing you in the face yeah. and then like landing effortlessly and spinning again and, yeah. and really good fast hands, really fundamental boxers, but with an amazing leg game and clutching and cinching crazy footwork crazy footwork when have you seen crazy footwork in mma right like nobody's got footwork like like boxing no 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 it just doesn't work that it's it's all about that rhythm it's all about closing space not and then not grabbing it's closing tightening up delivering punches backing out again cutting angles off left to right the head head movement shoulder movement you know direction of punching it's it's very it's a sweet science, you know. Yeah. Um, what you're getting to is the Mayweather uh, McGregor fight, right? Exactly. It's a it's a money fight. It's they titled it. That's that's what it is. If yeah. it, I don't think it's ever going to happen. I really don't believe it's going to happen. I don't know why. In my heart, I don't think it's just. I think it's just promotion for them both to get the fights in between that fight. Yeah. Promoted more, so the questions are always being asked, and McGregor's. It's more for McGregor than and Mayweather anyway. Yeah, Mayweather oh, yeah. has nothing to prove at this point. No, he's there. He's already – he just has to win – and it wouldn't be – I don't think it would be – I mean, he got his boxing license, McGregor. Yes. So, but would people consider that win on his record to make him the best record in history, undefeated? Like to be, get there with Marciano and tie it? Because he's, what, 49, right? You know? Yep. yep. Right. So, at 50-0, and 0, you're with Marciano then. But I mean, would you, but, I mean, would you count that? Right. Like it's, that's what I'm saying. I'm not hating, but me, I wouldn't count it because, okay. If Canelo, you fought Canelo or one of these guys that are up there now, you know, yeah. that are sick or triple G have dropped weight and got with him. Then you go, yeah, he is the best. One of the best ever, arguably he has that record. He won that record, you know, but for him to beat the piss out of Conor McGregor, which is an animal in every other aspect except boxing. Except boxing. But he thinks he can get in there with him because he has really good hands for MMA. He's actually a good striker, what they call it, right? In MMA. In MMA. But, you know, it's not strike, 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 kick the leg out, grab him, tie him up, get him in an arm bar. No. You're not not boxing for three minutes. And then then having Mayweather, you can't even look. He's like a shadow. He's floating around and... You know, but the only thing that could weird could happen. Things you see weird stuff happen all the time. Boxers chance. What do they call puncher's chance? Yeah, puncher's yeah. chance. Everybody's got a plan to get punched in the face. <laughs> that was Tyson's thing, right? Yeah. Everybody. Even Tyson. Even Tyson got Even knocked. Tyson got out, knocked man. out. Buster Douglas in Tokyo. Took I him. remember that. I, I I I almost threw up. I was like, what just happened? Yeah. You know, it's like Ronda Rousey getting knocked out. You know, Didn't and Conor McGregor getting knocked out. Yeah. Crazy, right? Anything can happen. Anything can happen. But the only way that McGregor does have a chance 
is he comes at him in a really unorthodox, weird way, you know, cutting it off, coming at him like crazy, they're running around. I don't know. Because Mayweather, he's just, he can float on you. And I think Mayweather would just want to knock somebody, I think he would want to knock him out just to prove a point. Yeah, I think, I'm, so I'm on the record, if the fight ever happens, which like you said, it's probably not going to ever happen. But I'm on the record, you know, here we are live on the internet, I'm on the record that if they actually step in the ring and fight, Mayweather is going to knock him out in the first round, round one, not round two, so? not round three, round one. It's going to be like a Tyson style knockout. Tyson style. McGregor's going to run. Mayweather, What's the Vegas odds? He... What's the Vegas odds on That's this? That's a good question. I don't look it up. I don't think they even have odds on it yet. Yeah, I don't think they have odds. No. Yet. Oh. They, 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 they they'd have to pick a venue and. There's no if and buts and candy and nuts. Every day's Christmas. That's not that don't happen. Juan's <laughs> way in on this is when I arrest someone combative, I punch them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it'll mess you up. I'd, I'd I'd actually like to roll with Juan. I've I, I I've uh, I spent a few years in jits. I'd like to roll with Juan. He's a big dude, but uh, you know that'd be that'd be kind of fun. I'd roll with him. That'd be that'd be enjoyable. As long as I could smoke in the car, it'd be cool. Yeah. Smoke in the back. Smoke and smoke in the back. I don't think they let you smoke in the back. I know, man, but I'd manage the sawed-off shotgun. That would be my role. Just Shotgun's in the front, man. You'd lock it into the dash. No, man, it'd be in the back with me. Just <laughs> blowing fuckers up, man. It'd be badass. Just shooting randomly at people. Dude, <laughs> back in my shit-kicking ways, we used to drive a pickup truck down the road, and there'd be geese flying over, and we'd have be half out the window shooting geese out of a moving truck. Dude, I'm expert with a shotgun. Missouri. That's so illegal, Logan. That's so illegal. So illegal. Well, yes, uh, it is, uh, but it is, and but it's past the statute of limitations, so it doesn't fucking matter anyway. Where do you live, Logan? And where do you live, Logan? Where did I grow up? No, where do you live now? Not your exact address, but what town do you live in? I live in Austin, Texas now. Right, you're in Austin. You're in Austin. Austin, right. Texas now, uh, but I central Missouri. They call it the, the Golden Valley. Uh, I, I disagree with that name a little bit, but uh, that's neither here or there. Okay. Yeah, it was a very well, small town, man. Very small. I'm town. trying to find Coop's question, but Facebook is being a jerk right now and won't let me see. You know who's a jerk? Comments. That Aaron Loomis. That uh, Aaron Loomis. But Coop's question was about uh, somebody who was recently declared the worst boxer in history, and he wanted to know if you actually know him. Oh, I know who he's talking about. That one guy. How's that? That, that guy with the shaggy hair. Oh man, it was terrible. The guy from it was. I saw that man. Hey. Coop, if you're listening and watching, I love you. You're my brother. You're one of the best out there. Um, he's Coop's been integral in helping me get out there to people because he's so authentic and people actually believe what he says. You know, mm-hmm. he's just a good guy. You he's all know that. Yep. Just a, just the salt of the earth. Hundred percent. And the boxer's name Kenny Kenny something. Um, I saw that on the internet the other day. He looked like Kenny Powers from <laughs> that one show. Dude, he's bounding <laughs> down. That's my favorite show. He's my favorite show. But in a fighter, in just the worst windmill, the worst. I mean, it was like, I don't know how he even got in the ring. He was like out of shape, but not fat. You know, like skinny fat. Like, dude, he has no muscle content, no style. The guy hit him so hard, it looked like like a a catapult threw him. I got to find that, man. Where is it? It was hysterical. You know what I'm talking about, too. Oh yeah, it was. I mean, I was watching the fight, and I was like, "This is not going to end well for this guy." And then he just came around the corner, pushed pushed them kind of into the corner, and just like his head just about came 180 degrees around, 
hit him so hard. I mean, you know, when a guy gets hit that hard, you're like, you better get a doctor into his corner. Cause that guy is like, you can break your neck. I mean, yeah. it, you, it could do a lot of damage to you. Yeah. Swelling. I mean, debonair house and we have debonair boxing straight out. I mean, we have, I sponsor Irwan red catch. El terrible. He's like number three. Um, Diego Arias, the guy he's in Mexico right now. He's coming up. Um, this, we have a Dustin. I've, what, I can't remember his last name right now, but he just fought in Philly. He's I crossed my fingers. There's a big fight coming up, and he might be on the undercard. So nice. Yeah, and um, I just live vicariously through it. I still spar all the time. No BS. I still train like crazy. Um, but I can't fight no more, man. I'm 44 years old. I probably could down here, but it'd be like the first scene in Rocky. You know what I mean? With Spider <laughs> Rico, just. You know, <laughs> straight tomato can shit. I ain't, I mean, I, 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 I know myself well enough. I'm not that egotistical. Yeah. My problem, Phil is, uh, whenever I, cause I roll every once in a while with some guys, I know, and every, every time afterwards the next day, like, you know, my shoulders tweaked or my knee is tweaked or like my wrist, like, you know, it. I, I, I'm in my forties now too. And it's like, you know, in my thirties, it wasn't that bad, but it, it's like right off a cliff. When I get into my forties, it's just like stuff hurts that shouldn't hurt. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to be limping for the next three weeks, you know? So it's just, it's yeah. not worth it. And every time you hit someone, you apologize. That's true. Because <laughs> you're That's fucking, true, yeah. well, you, ball, you apologize afterwards, boxing. right? You, you, you arm bar them and then you apologize afterwards. You're like, sorry, like, I had to do oh, that so too. sorry I hit you. Sorry, oh, not to hit you. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry I had to choke you out. Sorry. All right. Well, I'm going to go because the wife's blowing me up. So All I right, do brother. not sign out. That's right. Just keep your camera going and we'll... Uh, what would happen if I did? Well, in, in, in our new technology, at least the temporary technology we're using right now, it messes up all the cameras. But uh, we're looking at another technology platform that will uh, will alleviate that problem. So uh, yeah. we're just... we're, we're testing it um, Sort of. It's free for now, six months. There ain't no budget. <laughs> ain't no budget. No budget. We, we, no budget. We work off a shoestring budget here, Phil. We like free tools, so we use all the free tools that are available no, to us. There ain't no budget, mm-hmm. nothing, man. Hey, Except man. our sweet at IPCPR. Woo! You should all tell right. Phil about this. You can, Phil, 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 Phil should be in the know. Yep. Let me just tell you, is I am the cheapest man on the face of the earth. I started saving when I was 25 for my daughter's college education. She wasn't born until I was 31. Like, I am just thrifty, frugal, don't spend a dime, like, I won't let John spend a dime of Cigar Federation money, even though we it's got true, plenty. Man. But this year, I think this might be the last IPCPR that'll be, ever be worthwhile. And that's just my opinion, because um, the FDA, who knows? But I was like, you know what? We're not going to stay at Circus Circus. We're not going to stay at the Stratosphere. Let's do this shit up right. And John and us were all on Skype looking at places, you know, and <laughs> we were like looking at it and well, fuck. We found this suite at the Cosmo. It's about, I don't know, like a thousand square feet, but it no, has, no, it's like, it's it's like 1200 square, square feet. feet. Okay. 1200 square feet, but with 400 foot of outdoor balcony Four, on both 480. Yeah. 480. Four, I'm downplaying it, Phil. I'm downplaying it. 480 square feet of balcony on two sides. Dude, it's a pimp palace. We're going to party like, I don't even drink, but we're going to party like fucking Kenny Powers. And <laughs> I'm with you. I'm coming. Yeah, dude, we're gonna I'll, fuck it, so dude. I'll bring, this shit up. People, I'll bring some people. You think I'm interested? I'll bring some people. Bring some people. <laughs> I want to meet some people, and we're doing it upright. And so that was the big splurge. And Trips like, I don't know if we should do this. And Trips, and Trips like, I don't know. I'm like, dude, what are we talking about? Man, I decided this like 25 minutes ago. Let's just fucking rage on this bitch. 
that that was that was John that wasn't mm-hmm. sure. I was like, that's, Logan that's, said he's in. Uh, as, I said, as, I'll pay for it. Because I'm really? the uh, I'm the I'm the Scott. So you know, as thrifty as Logan is, you know, I'm the Scott. So I'm like, I'm watching those pennies. I'm pinching those pennies. I'm like. You know, well, what if we like? What's the finances? How do we break that out per head? And Logan's like, just book it. And I'm like, yeah, but like, how? he's like, book it, book it, I'll book pay it, for it, man, book it. So we booked it. Do it. I know it's, it's the it takes money to make money. I mean, I'm not gonna BS you guys. The first year of debonair, I somehow broke even. Wow. Totally, somehow broke even. Really. And on the books, it said like I had 10 G's extra. I don't, I don't believe it. I, I'm like, there's no way. I missed. There's no way. I didn't get some yeah. receipts or something. But. <laughs> You know, I was by myself. I mean, I'm frugal, but I mean, I just know how to manipulate things in a right way. I mean, I get good deals and stuff. And I mean, it just is, it takes money to make money. I mean, I, I, I went at it like I was, you know, Davidoff. Hey, I'm, you know, ultra premium, this and that. Show up in a nice suit. And it worked, you know? <laughs> and I just, and when you're by yourself, it's cheap. It can yeah. be. Yeah. You know? And I don't drink or anymore. I don't do anything anymore. I mean, I just. Whatever. I mean, I'll go to GNC and buy like you know nitric oxide shit. You know, like supplements and shit. That stuff. Get get try to get swole. You know, try to get fucking swole. Try to get all jacked out. Old swole. Now it's gonna be old swole. You know, that old man. I got that old man strength going now, man. It's it's serious. You know. (laughs) Hey, you never fight your dad, man. Your dad, no matter what you think, is always stronger. I learned that lesson a couple times. They made you. It's like they made you. They, try, I know man, your they just points. fucking dominate your ass. You think you could win? Fuck that noise. They're going to say something. Don't try. You know, I don't even know, dude. I don't know. I, I got two sons, and I train them like samurai, you know? And <laughs> and I like I watched those American Ninja movies when I was a kid, and I was all into that stupid shit, you know? And, Absolutely. And I, like, I always wanted to be that flashback scene. And when I was like a young kid, my dad's teaching me how to like to break yes. boards. And break those bamboo with the kick. Snap my head on a rock and like chase, just run around with meat on me with a dog, like in you know, like in kickboxer, you know, that kind of stupid. I love that shit. Yeah, I still watch that. The other day, man, what was on? Um, what movie was on? Gosh, I was so excited when I saw it. Red Heat, remember Red Heat? The classic, dude. Awesome. I forgot how good that movie was, man. Yeah. No, it was Arnie. Oh, Jim. And Jim Belushi. Jim Belushi, right? Mm-hmm. It was. I think it was. It was made, but not Richard Donner. It was the other guy. Um, uh, a real serious director. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. It was so good, man. The soundtrack. I don't know. I'm just weird. I like the '80s. Were that's our era, you yeah. know, as kids. That's my jam. Lethal Love Weapon. Awesome. <laughs> Best, the best era of, I mean, I think we went over it one time. I think I went over it with Robbie because Robbie's a big movie guy. And it was like, I think it was like 1988 was the best year of movies ever. Like every movie that came out that year was incredible. Die Hard. That um, sounds about right. Terminator. Lethal Weapon 2. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch that came out. Tons. You know what was a great one too? You remember Commando oh. with Arnie? Oh, awesome, yeah. man. Carrying that log and his his arm is just like... He's carrying the He's log. So He's just so massive. Jacked. It's like God. And he like effortlessly jacked. You know? Effortlessly, yeah. It's like you didn't see a weight anywhere around his house. Nothing. <laughs> He's like, this guy's just swole naturally. I mean, this guy just walks around jacked out of his mind. And he's just like out there in like the truck on the hill, 
and the guy Sully. I remember. Yeah, I love all that. So I love the cinema. I do love the cinema. I do. I love it. We have a lot to chat chat about. I think at the IPCPR, Phil. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey guys, I like you guys. I mean, thank you for inviting me back. No matter what. Absolutely. Um, Anytime. Thanks for listening to me rant and talk. I mean, love it. I'm still so humbled and impressed by that. People actually want to talk to me. You know. <laughs> really, man. I well, get we- a kick out. Of- so much going on the road. I still love it. It's like, it's like a vacation, man. It's an adventure. It really is. Well, we appreciate so, having you on for sure. And, uh, you know, we know we're, we're going to be bringing the, uh, the camera gear, the audio gear. We're going to get a great interview with you at the IPCPR. So everyone who's stu- still tuned in live, all our podcast listeners, we're going to have great coverage of the IPCPR. Of course, we're going to have an interview with Phil. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. You got it, guys. Maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll bring, a, maybe I'll bring a bottle of rum with me for that suite. <sighs> there you go. Please. That's an idea. I can Absolutely. bring two bottles in legally. Yeah. Please. I don't drink, so more for you boys. Oh, I, I, well, I mean, our other show is uh, Sharing Our Pairings, where we pair alcohol and, well, not just alcohol, but we pair spirits and beverages with cigars. And that, you know, I'm, I love all spirits. I love all beer. So, yeah, we'd love that. That'd be awesome. We're going to bring some flasks so we can <laughs> smuggle some home. Absolutely. We'll figure it out, boys. We'll figure Thanks it out. again. Are we done or are we going to Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll sign out. So I'll just uh, sign out here. Uh, thanks for all our live listeners. Thanks for all our podcast listeners. We'll be back at our regular scheduled time next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. And as I mentioned earlier, make sure to tune in after the show to the primetime live show with Cigar Coop. I think he's got Aaron Loomis as his co-host, so make sure to check that out. He's a good friend of the show. And, uh, yeah, I have that guy. And uh, Logan's opinion, does, he's off air, so his, his opinion doesn't count. But make sure to check that out after the show. And we'll be back next week in a regular schedule. So thanks very much, and everyone have a great weekend, and stay safe.